0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Contractor Evolution. Look, if you are looking for an inexpensive but effective upgrade to your brand, the answer is client testimonials. Videos of your happy clients talking about how pleased they were with the experience they had with your company. See, the modern homeowner doesn't really care about what you have to say about your own business or service. And why should they? You're biased. It's your business. Of course you're gonna say how amazing it is. 50 plus years of constant bombardment from advertisers and brands has made today's consumers a bit more scrupulous and a bit less gullible. And this is why getting clients to sing your praises is orders of magnitude more effective than you singing your own. It's pretty simple. I'm a huge proponent of capturing and disseminating client client testimonials for a number of reasons. They're cheap, they are versatile as hell. You can put them on your website, your social media, in your sales process, and about eight other places too. People watch more video content than they read these days anyway. And lastly, the social proof from actual customers is way more persuasive. So today on the show, Joseph Hughes from Contractor Dynamics is here to unpack why they work, how to capture them, where to put them. Among other things, Uh, Joe and his team of 12 at Contractor Dynamics are a marketing training solution for contractors who want to equip themselves with the knowledge needed to build a stronger brand, launch more effective campaigns, and make lead generation and revenue predictable. He was a great guest for us and was kind enough to leave behind a clean and simple one pager on how to get started with testimonials. And you can find that, as always, using the link in the description. I'm doing excellent, Benji, man. Uh, Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Contractor Evolution. I wanted to start actually by uh, offering you my condolences. You're a New Jersey native, and this is just we're talking a few days after uh, your New York Giants football club got publicly destroyed by the Eagles. And, uh, you know, it's just that's just life and business. Just when you think you're getting ahead, you're really getting somewhere. You get humble. Yeah,
1: but, you know, that is, that is business and life because if you zoom out a little bit, like we exceeded expectations By a mile. As, as, as a Giants team a lot this year. So I think like as entrepreneurs, we, we get so myopic and we're like, man, I took an L today. But then you have to take a step back and say, well, you know, where were we 12 months ago or six months ago?
0: It's, and, such a, uh, it's such a good yeah. point. On one hand, 38-7, to 7, yikes. And then on the other hand, you think about the chatter around the team in August of last year. Nobody expected right. anything. So you guys are in good shape. Brian Dable's is a great coach. I have this weird soft spot for Danny Dimes, and I think you guys are going to just continue to grow and get better this year. This, sadly, uh, is not a football podcast, though. So today, <laughs> today we're going to talk about... Um, we're going to talk about testimonials, client testimonials. Why uh, they are an inexpensive but effective brand asset to start creating and collecting. How to film them and and grab them in a way that's a little bit smoother and just f- uh, gives you a, a better final product. Where to put them uh, on, on your website or in ads or a, a whole uh, a whole slew of other places. But uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. But I wanted to start with kind of a philosophical question, Joe. When you think about um, ma- the marketing environment today and today's consumer co- compared to, you know, to use an extreme example, like 50 years ago, you sort of think of like the classic, like Madison Avenue style of commercial where it's like buy Colgate for fresher breath and white teeth. And wh- where we've shifted is to a place where, in my opinion- Buyers, consumers really don't care a ton about what you have to say about yourself or your product. It's not something they weight super heavily. Whereas what other people, buyers, users, clients say about you is weighted much more heavily. I wondered if you maybe just wanted to weigh in on that kind of thought or that pattern we're seeing.
1: For sure, yeah. If you look back to like the Mad Men days, it's like we we trust whatever is put in front of us, and we go out and buy that. And some of the biggest brands today are a result of that sort of uh, mass advertising, for sure. And yeah, uh, we we we're in a day and age, especially. What's gone on in our world the past few years? I mean, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but like, you know, maybe you call it fake news or you're not trusting of the media, social media where anyone and everyone can go on and create an Instagram profile and, you know, touch up their pictures and, and appear to be something that they're not. Anyone could build a, a really good-looking, slick-looking website, and you know, ask their friends to leave reviews on the website, and you can look like you know this established business or a business coach or what have you. Uh, there's just this like general sense of, of skepticism, mistrusts, but like, yeah, we we don't we don't trust things at face value like like we once did, right? So uh, we are doing our own research. We're you know making our own decisions. We're um, you, you know, we are taking more ownership over that process instead of just being, you know, kind of eating what's being fed
0: to us, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And we won't go down that rabbit hole, but you're, you're right. It, it there is an, uh, a pronounced spike in skepticism or mistrust of like what, is put in front of people. No matter what side you come down on this, just broadly speaking, people are like I don't know about that. I really need to fact check. I really need to uh, triple check. So, I mean, that kind of lends itself well to uh, testimonials because it's yeah, you might be able to come up with some coffee, some some clever copy. You might be able to hire a graphic designer and make a nice logo. You might be able to fake. Uh, some Google reviews. I tell you what would be really hard to fake is getting an actual person sitting on camera talking in detail about the service that they just ha- that they ju- they just got from you. That there's a level of trust and transparency and realness about that that I think fits well into this day and age.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, video testimonials have always been they've always been a key asset, and I think they're getting more. The, you know, they're, they're more heavily weighted and more important to have these days again with that heightened level of skepticism for sure. That combined with the the fact that like, you know, we consume video content on social media, on our mobile devices at a rate that we never have before. And, you know, that's not slowing down. That's only going to get increased, you know, over year over year. So. You know, those two factors combined just make having those video testimonials like such a huge asset because people again. Yeah, like you said, people aren't going to take what you say at face value, uh, but they want to they want to be able to identify like your prospective clients, customers. They want to be able to identify with people that were in their shoes Mm. and, you know, people just like them that you have helped in the past and uh, that is that's such a big trust builder uh, these days. People are doing their own research. Even those people that that are referred to your business, right? Like they're referred to your contracting business, they're going to go online to do their own research. Mm-hmm. Like we're no longer even taking those referrals from our best friends at Face Value anymore. So we want to see people that are you know similar to us that that you've helped out, and and we want to feel that level of comfort and certainty before. We reach out to you, so that's that's a big thing.
0: That comment about the the video consumption thing, like if you were a small business owner and you you have you know you always have finite resources and competing priorities and you're trying to decide what to do, like do people read anymore? I mean. It, is i i so i'm I'll maybe just say my own bias i love to write i love to read i think written word is always going to be a part of our brand to some degree but if you're looking for like um you know what's easy what's expedient and what's going to get you a result would you make the case that kind of leaning into video is better than other forms of communication just simply because of the way algorithms and platforms have changed the way we take in information
1: Yes, I certainly people do read. I, I did a decent amount of reading as I was kind of prepping for this uh, this podcast episode to make sure that my stats are backed up and all that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, we consume video at a at a super high rate. Uh, the social media platforms they know that. So your your average video on say Facebook or Instagram is going to get eight times more engagement than like an image or a text post, right? That's just because those. Platforms know that humans consume video at a higher rate and they want to keep us on their platforms. So therefore they're gonna serve us more of what we want. And so yeah, uh that that is absolutely the case. Uh and more and more people, you know, the stats out there, you know, depending on what you look at, between 70 and, and 90% of people are are consuming video before they make a purchasing decision so you know that could be a demo for a product that could be uh a video testimonial that's all sorts of types of videos but we are doing that that level of research um because you know again doing my research for this particular episode i would go to a website i would look at some stats and I click around and I go to the about page for the website that was giving me the stats, like who are these guys? You know, yep. is this trustworthy? Whereas like even five years ago, I'd have been like, oh, well, you know, these guys said that 80% of people do this. But now I'm going like two or three layers deeper right. to look at like where is this data coming from? And you know, one of the stats I ended up at Google. I was like, all right, well, I can stop there. Like Google's pretty authoritative. Like sure. I can I can stop my research there. But you know, people might see a video testimonial for your contracting company. And they might even go Google that person or search for that person on Facebook, you know, if that person is named in the video testimonial. Right. So. People
0: are doing that level of research. Do you have a sense for how much, uh, you know, if it's a percentage or, uh, you know, just a? do you have a feel for how much of a buying decision? We're talking about contractors and home service businesses. So how much of the buying decision over a kitchen reno or a backyard landscape job or a pool install or a new roof, whatever, like how much of that buying decision is done before that client even reach out, reaches out to the contractor?
1: Yeah, I mean, if if those stats exist as far as those those segments of a a pool build or a kitchen remodel, I I'm not sure that would be really cool. I just but, made those up, just um, a broad yeah. <laughs> one of the, uh, the the stat that I like is actually from Google. The one I was referencing is that seventy percent of the buying decision is made before someone contacts a company for the first time, and that's not just even contracting. It's just across all industries hmm. and and that's you know 70 right that's a lot so again people refer to your business they're going online trust but verify uh you know people are looking for a roof or a kitchen remodel or a pool like they're doing research right so that's why like we need we'll get to it but that's why we need to be out there uh to show up when they are doing that research because you know if we're not showing up if we don't have video if we don't have video testimonials we don't know how much potential revenue and potential business we're losing out on because we don't even get a chance. Like we're not even getting the yeah. phone call or the website visit because they can't
0: find us. So let's let's talk about um, client test. Let's kind of zoom in on, on client testimonials. Do you want to maybe just provide a super simple definition of this so so we and the listeners are on the same page of exactly what we're talking about? I kind of have one in my mind, but what's yours? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a that's a great point. Uh, just to define what we're talking about here, it's a past
1: past or current customer client uh, that is on video talking about their experience working with your contracting company, or it could be any company, of course, but we're talking about contractors here. So uh, yeah, someone that is talking about their experience working with you.
0: Super simple. And who, who should be filming them? Uh, Is there a time during the life cycle of the project that we should be trying to capture them? Um and like and where would we shoot them? Is it in their front yard? Is it in their kitchen? Does it matter? Maybe let's start start with those questions.
1: Well, traditionally, Benji, yeah, you would have the, the final product, you yeah, know, the clients all happy. They got their new kitchen, they got their new uh roof, whatever it might be, and they're super happy. Like that's that's fantastic. Uh, However, don't don't limit it to that. Like you can get a video testimonial from a homeowner who is so excited about like the design phase of their kitchen. They're just like, man, Benji, like you and your team are amazing. You, You guys are the I've been searching for someone like you to take care of me like this. Your communication is great. I love you guys. Like that's an excellent opportunity to say, hey. Mrs. Jones, um, I really appreciate that feedback and you can kind of we can get into some scripting, but you know, would you mind saying that on video? Like that, that type of thing really helps. Uh so we've done that as a company as well, and, and a lot of our clients have too. Uh any stage where they're just like so happy, they're relieved that they found the right person, the right company, uh, that could be an excellent opportunity. You don't wanna you don't wanna make it more about you than about them. So you have to be careful and tactful in the way you ask, but Uh, any point really is a a great point. Um,
0: Typically they're done at the end of a project, but you could make the case to do them even earlier, depending on the scope of the job and their kind of excitement level through the journey. Uh, What, what kind of gear do you think is best? I mean, the cameras on iPhones right now are pretty unbelievable. Like, you know, I, I'm, all, I'm all about high production quality. We've got, like, five cameras in the studio. We've got a video producer. Like, we're, we're bullish on that. But uh, not everyone has big budgets for this kind of thing. Like, what kind of gear is required? Is there sort of a quality minimum or quality floor that you need to be above? Or can we literally just pull out an iPhone and capture someone?
1: Uh, yeah, both. It's a... It, so just like looking at some of the clients that, that we worked with over the years, they'll do a mix of both, right? So they'll have kind of a SOP for what I just was explaining. Like, hey, you're, you're the project manager. You're the sales rep. You're out there. You're closing out the job. Mr. Jones is like super happy with everything. And right there, you know, you don't need to say, hey, can we schedule next Tuesday to come out with a video crew and, and get a video testimonial? Like there's a little bit more of a, a barrier there, right? Like there's more, there's friction there. Uh, but you can make it frictionless and say, hey, Mr. Jones, like I'm gonna take out my phone. Would you mind just saying that on video? So like that is absolutely an SOP that you should have that you should empower your team with as well. So it's not just upon the owner or like the marketing director at, at your company to do. And and then uh, you know what some of our clients will do is they will they will plan some more professional ones out in advance. So you might line up like you know, three or four or five customers in one day. Okay. Next Mm. Tuesday, we're going to line these people up back to back. We're going to bring our video guy or girl around, and we're going to get a really professional, uh, set of testimonials there. Mm. And so having a mix of both is really good. Like the professional ones are great, right? You can use those in, in multiple, uh, formats, but the the iPhone ones like they're real they're authentic so don't think that because it's not this super highly produced thing that it's not valuable a lot of times those can appeal to people in a much stronger way because of how you know off authentic the top and real they yeah. are
0: how do you pick um you obviously, I think you wanna like be a little intentional about which clients you pick. I mean, an obvious distinction to make is like, don't pick the clients who didn't like the job you did. Um, <laughs> but like, are there other things that you might be keeping an eye and an ear out for with the client as far as like, how talkative they are, their demographics, the satisfaction level, like what are some good tells that hey, like this this person will make for a great testimonial. Let's capture them.
1: Yeah, excellent question. This should be part of your process and part of your uh, you know, whether it's your sales team, your entire company that you're planning out at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of each quarter and setting a target. Hey, we want to get six video testimonials this quarter, okay? And maybe you do choose demographics. Maybe you're choosing, hey, we want to get one from uh, from empty nesters. We want to get one from that first-time home buyer. We want to get one for whatever it might be, a tenant build-out if you do commercial, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can actually make that hit list of who you want. And then in your weekly meetings, weekly sales meetings, if you want, you go around the table and say, hey, you know, who's got a really Cool. Who's got a cool client um, that that we can potentially? Target for and target sounds like a bad word, but um, identify for a video testimonial uh, and be realistic because you might have an amazing client who's so over the moon, happy with you, but they're just not going to get on video, right? Like I haven't found a way to force it. I've asked clients and, and, you know, we'll ask clients and some are like, yeah, we love you guys, but I just, you know, I don't want to <laughs> be on video or I just like to keep a low profile. Sure. Uh, so you just have to know that going into it, you might have 10 people on your list. You only get three yeses. Uh, but that's just the that's just the name of the game, right? And then you're going to have people that are very excited. They're like, "Yeah, absolutely, Benji, I would love to do it." And then you put a camera in front of their face, and they're like, "I can't do this," you know. Dude. And that, <laughs> that's just reality, right? You just got to roll with it, Matt. But Matt plan, planning producer. it out and and you know letting your team know to like look for that, okay, that's in the back of their mind. You're not waiting until you need one to go out there and say, "Hey, who who can we find?" Right? It's something that you're being intentional about and you're planning you're planning
0: on your, your comment about like people being super excited mm. and then choking up Matt, our video <laughs> producer, who's behind the camera right now, his head is just nodding like this. Cause he's been in those situations <laughs> so many, so many times like, this is going to be great. This person is so talkative and then they cl- this, the lights go on oh, and the camera goes on and they absolutely. just clam right up and it's one word answers for everything. And it's just, it's, they're so awkward. Like, let's get out of here. Um, <laughs> I just going back to a point that you made that I think is super important is the, uh, the demographic. So. Okay. I don't want to overcomplicate this. If you're just like, and you, if you have nothing in place, like just go capture some stuff. But if you are a little (laughs) bit, maybe more intermediate level as a marketer and a brander, and you kind of think about this stuff, one thing to be hyper aware of is do you, you have an ideal client profile. You actually might have a couple, probably you do. Um, you should be looking for clients that resemble those, that ideal client profile that look like them, that talk like them, that sound like them, everything. They, they kind of fit the role. They fit the part, um, because you are like, this is a sort of marketing one one You want to magnetize more people like that to your brand. So if you work really, really well with uh, married couples from 40 to 50 and live in this neighborhood, blah, 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 and you go get, um, some you know seventy some baby boomer male who's kind of a bachelor and like doesn't fit the profile. It's I wouldn't say that it necessarily hurts. Something is better than nothing if you have nothing, but the more you can really aim towards that client profile, I think the better off you are. And I, I just thought you said that really well. Um, let's talk about the like the questions that we should be asking. Um, When you sit down with someone, you'll say you just got to maybe have a professional camera, maybe just an iPhone, whatever. At some point, you do want to kind of initiate a conversation. Are there are there questions that you ought to be asking the client that extract the messaging you want to attach to your brand? Yes.
1: And and you have to feel this out a little bit because some people you might just want to You know, they might be more natural, naturally inclined to be on video, and and you can just hit record and let them say what they want, right? Um, Especially if they're a little bit nervous, you don't want to like. you can ask them, right? You can you can ask them, like we've asked them, hey, like do you want some some guidance on this, some coaching, or do you just want to wing it, right? If they wing it, it's gonna be authentic, but you might not get those those really valuable nuggets that you're you're the really sound looking bites. for, right? Yeah. Like we yeah, we have video testimonials from some of our clients, and I'm like, Yeah, it's okay, but like, man, I wish they said this because they crushed <laughs> it in this area, you know? Um, so yeah, ideally like you have, you know, your you at the contracting company or your video guy or girl, whatever, um, you're, you're kind of coaching them through it and asking them questions. So basic, what is your name? Where do you live? How did you hear about us? Um, were you considering other companies and and why'd you choose us? You know, don't, they don't have to mention other companies, of course, but were you considering other companies? How did you make that decision-making process to choose us? Um, were you pleased with the work that's done? How do you feel about the final product? would you recommend us? And is there anything else you'd like to add? Mm. And, um, and that's pretty simple. That's like six, seven, eight questions that you can kind of zip through. And, um, uh, you know, they might not have great answers for a couple of them. So that's when you can edit those out and just kind of include what you want in there.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, but that's a, that's a pretty good, you know, basic stuff that we all learned in grade school, right. Beginning, middle and end, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that.
0: By the way, guys, if you're listening and you want a, Joe's been super generous and has provided kind of a a framework for how to do this well, and it includes a line of questioning that you should ask. We're going to make it available as a download in the description. So go click that link. You can download it as a PDF uh, and it's yours to keep. And it just would give you, a very simple and linear checklist to follow if testimonials are something that you want to add to your brand environment, which it should, which they should be, Um, you know, the constant balance of um, being authentic and just getting a real response and like also like manicuring or like manufacturing the moment is a constant tightrope, isn't it? You're like, like how often are you like you, you want someone to just be off the cuff and say their ums and ahs and talk how they normally talk. But then also you're like, can you, can you just say this? And it's unfortunately you can't, they're not a paid actor, but it is, you do need to kind of like find that balance between extracting what you need, but keeping it real. Absolutely. And, and get a mix of both, right?
1: Cause, you know, different people are going to appeal to different things. Uh, and, and, you know, you should ideally ask in your intake when you get a generate a lead or you, you close a deal. Hey, well, you know, what did you see? Like what, what was it that made you want to reach out to us? And oh, yeah, I saw, I saw Karen talking about her kitchen and she loved it, whatever. So asking, asking people will give you a little bit of a feedback loop. So you can maybe, um, you know, get more of what's working, right? Uh, but have a mix because uh, you know it, we'll get to it. But you can use them
0: in different formats too. So people get nervous on camera, as we just mentioned. Do you have any secret sauce to just kind of like get the comfort level where it needs to be to articulate things well? Do you hand them a stiff drink? Do you play some calming like, you know, massage parlor music in the background, like with nice rain on leaves sounds like what's the secret to just get people kind of relaxed and talking the way they normally talk to you? Because if you've done this at all, you've definitely noticed this often a moment where it goes from like really cool to uh, kind of uptight. So what have you seen work?
1: Yeah. uh, Ideally having like, you really have to uh, coach people, coach customers through it and uh, having that, that, you know, person that's going to help them relax is huge. So Elizabeth here on our team, anytime we go to like trade shows, is a great opportunity for us to get client testimonials. And Elizabeth is like, just makes people feel at ease. You know, maybe you're getting on a laugh. You're um, just making them feel comfortable and just like kind of guiding them through. And it's like, no big deal. It's a little bit lighter than what they might have imagined. So, um, you know, having someone with that kind of personality on your team really helps that situation. And uh, yeah, let them know like, Hey, um, we don't have to publish this. We can edit out whatever, you know, doesn't, you know, whatever you don't like, or if you stumble over words, no worries. I do it all the time. Yeah. You know, we can cut it out. So letting them know it's, you know, it's not like, um, whatever they say is going to be, you know, used against them in the court of law or whatever it might be. Totally.
0: Yeah. Keep, keep, keep it, keep it relaxed. Um, yeah. w- what is involved in post in post production? Like are these, did these need to be heavily edited and um, and kind of like, do they need high production value after the thing has been captured? Can you just like put raw iPhone files up on your website. What's what's kind of a healthy mix um, that would be? And keep in mind, like how how resourced most um, most contractors would be. They probably don't have a full time video person. They may have a friend who can do a little. They might be interested in contracting this out. Like, what do we need to do after the thing's actually been shot to make this kind of website ready or social media ready? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, as you mentioned, Benji, a lot of this can
1: be done with an iPhone for sure. Uh, We have some, you know, on our website, their iPhone uh, on the front end, as far as like when you're recording, the big thing is the audio is making sure that you have good sound, especially you're out in a job site, you know, might have compressors going or trucks or even wind and and background noise. That's really going to uh, just cut down on the, on the quality of, of what you have. So Getting good audio from the get is really uh, is really important. So you might have a a little bit of a a lavalier or a lapel microphone that you can plug right into your iPhone uh, that can just make sure that you not make sure, but help you get better sound. Um, Mm -hmm. So getting that that good audio uh, on the job site especially is going to be key. And then editing. Yeah. I mean, you can, if it's, if it's perfect, sure. You know, go ahead and put it up. Uh, if you want, you can, you know, maybe put it into iMovie or something like that and make, you know, cut some things out. Uh, you can also go on a freelancing website like Upwork or something like that right. and, and get some edits done for, you know, literally a few bucks and just to, you know, clean up the audio, maybe bright, you know, lighten up the uh, uh, or color, correct the uh, the video, whatever it might be. Um, maybe slap your logo at the end as kind of an outro. That could be cool too. So. Uh, I think a, a big hurdle is like, all right, well, video testimonials, like, I don't have a video crew or video company, or I don't want to yeah. pay a few grand to hire a video company. Like there's all these like things that
0: go on in your head, but
1: it can be done, you know, very easily and very inexpensively.
0: The technical gap between what the contractors, you know, sort of expertise is and what the, so what the expertise needed from the video side is pretty solvable. You think through sites like Upwork and like, this is just, this is uh throw a few dollars at the problem, maybe a few hundred dollars at the problem, but this is highly solvable. It's not out of reach at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you said a few hundred bucks, like that's a great point, or it leads to a good point that I'll make. I like making good points. Um, You know, a video testimonial is in, it's insanely valuable for your business, right? So you don't have to go out there and spend a lot of money, but don't be afraid to spend a few hundred bucks, or you know, if it's a few thousand bucks, even depending on your business, um, to get something like this because. It can be it's gonna be an asset to generate a lot more business for your company. So, you know, don't look at it as like how cheap can I get this done? No. Um yeah. you know, there's that there's that minimum level of quality that you want to say, hey, if I use this thing correctly, like we're gonna generate, you know, hundreds or hundreds of thousands or, you know, millions of dollars in new business from this testimonial.
0: The other thing that's really great about this type of brand asset is its, is its versatility. And by that, I mean, it, it can go and do many different things. So you can sit in many different places. Do you have sort of a, you know, what are the, where are the top five sort of spots that a video like this belongs and how how do we use them and kind of get the most out of them once we have them?
1: Yeah. uh, I think most people say, well, you know, I throw it on my website and that's it. But nowadays, yeah, there's so many places. So you can have, I think your website's a great, a great point uh, or a great place for it. Rather Uh, it could be your, it could be pinned on your, you know, say on your Facebook or Instagram. uh, So you can have that there at the top. So people see that another place that people don't think of a lot is actually in the sales process, right? So uh i i think that every contracting company should have like a pre-appointment and a post-appointment uh kind of nurture drip sequence it could be email it could be text it could be a combination of the two and that's just basically adding value before that appointment adding some value after the appointment and that's going to it's going to increase your close rate it's going to accelerate your sales process it's going to shorten your sales uh, cycle uh, because people are going to see what they need Um, For example, you know, if you have an appointment with us, uh, one of our guys today, and you're on the fence, you don't, you know, you don't sign on today. Most people are going to be on the fence. They have to think about it, right? It's a high consideration purchase. You're going to get six or eight emails over the next week or two with client video testimonials that you can see different case studies Mm. um, of different types of owner, you know, single uh, owner operators, big companies, whatever it might be, different types of customers. And um so yeah, that's a that's a
0: huge place, a uh, huge value add where you can use these things. I I, I love the I love versatility when it comes to like content that you're making. You need like you need to be able to slice and dice it and put it in different environments and kind of get, extract the most value, get the most juice out of the squeeze. Um, and I, you know, we, I was having this conversation literally yesterday about, we get asked a lot about low budget brand upgrades. Like a lot of contractors are like, Hey, I'm not at a stage where I can afford a huge fancy branding agency to come in and do everything, but I do want to spruce things up. What would you recommend? And I, I, Rattle off a bunch of other stuff. I didn't say this. I realized that there's a little bit of work involved, but if you look at bang for your buck, client testimonials are inexpensive. They're quick to capture, and they do work for you. They do a lot of work for you. you get tons of runway out of them. So I just think like if you're on the hunt for cheap and cheerful things to add to your brand, the, testimonials are like literally top of the list.
1: Absolutely great point. And one thing, one place I did not uh, put in there was uh, social media ads. Uh, we don't have to go down that, that whole topic, but uh, I mean, we practice what we preach. We're doing the same thing right now. You can take these video testimonials and run them as, as brand awareness ads on Facebook and Instagram in your local market. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, five, 10 bucks a day, literally you are getting your, your testimonial out in front of tens of the, excuse me, tens of thousands of people in your market. Um, you know, it's, it's super powerful because you're not just marketing to your next customer, right? Like you are, your goal is to be a top of mind company in your local area. So you're, you want to get in front of anyone that's in a position to refer you, to recommend you, to tag you in a local Facebook group or whatever. And, and that's a very, uh, it's a great way to make sure that you get as much bang for your buck and get as much mileage out of your testimonials as possible.
0: Any thoughts on how to automate this process or make it somewhat, um, Uh, like constantly be refreshing or adding to your library. Because what I see a lot of the times is someone will (laughs) listen to a podcast like this and go, I should really do this. And they'll go do it and they'll create three or maybe five. And then they sit there and then eight years later, it's still the exact, like it doesn't get upgraded or built on top of. So, and again, something's better than nothing. But if you you really want to do this well, um, people, consumers are looking for recent stuff, like like literally how, how, you know, is this video five years old or was it filmed two months ago? That, that matters to a scrupulous buyer. Any thoughts on how to automate this process or build an SOP around it or make it so that you, the owner, or your team are capturing this in a very methodical and consistent way through time?
1: Yeah, I know automation is a sexy word these days, but I don't know if this this is something that can be automated, but certainly SOP, part of your process. And I would say number one, you've got to be bought into this. Uh if you're not, that's cool. Whatever, go listen to another episode. But uh you've got to be bought into like the importance of this, right? So it's gotta be tied into the bigger why. Um, what are my business goals and why I, I need to believe that this is a a method for me to increase our revenue, to get better customers, to get more profitable jobs, to recruit better employees and things like that. So you've got to be bought into it. And then, yeah, as I mentioned before, I mean, this is something that you should look at on an annual basis, on a quarterly basis. Uh, Make it a rock. Make, Make it a priority for your company to say, hey, we're going to get two this quarter or we're going to get six this quarter or whatever it might be and just make that a continual thing that you do. Like, just like you're, you're out there marketing or out there recruiting. It's just something that you're, you're always doing. And, um, and you're always looking out for it and don't, don't, you know, don't leave it up to you as the owner, like Mm -hmm. get your team involved too, Mm -hmm. because if you leave it up to you as the owner, like as an owner, I know, like, you know, it's going to not get done consistently. So recruit your team, like, you know, make it, make it a team effort to do this sort of thing. And, uh, and that'll help it to be more consistent.
0: You'd mentioned a few of the sort of benefits just a second ago, uh, you know, like conversion, lead flow, etc. But are there any other sort of maybe unexpected tells? Like any other sort of like surprising things that you that a, that a business owner would feel or notice that would let them know, hey, this is really working?
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the, some of the contractors we work with, like it, it sounds so you know, not, not, not like an ROI, right. Not like a dollar ROI, but they love when they're out and about in town and someone recognizes them yeah. like, Oh, you're that guy, right? Like you're the roofer guy or like, Oh, you're Brett. You know, we have a client in Ohio, his name's Brett. And it's like, he loves going to the supermarket with his daughters and being recognized. Like that's just for him. That's, that, that's, fun thing. that's awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, another thing that a lot of people don't think about is recruiting. Um, we are, we're marketing for our our customers, right? But we're always we're always marketing for our next team member. So like building that, like people out there want to know that they're going to join your contracting company, and like you're providing a great service and you're an, and a product, and you have happy customers, right? That's right. going to help you attract
0: top talent as well. So that's kind of a byproduct that people don't think about a lot. <clears throat> you talk a lot about being the general contractor of your own marketing. And I just wondered if you could kind of unpack that idea. What do you mean by that? And where does that perspective come from?
1: Yeah. So it's, you know, kind of ties into what we're talking about here, right? So, what happens with a contracting company a lot of times is you start up your business because you're great at what you do and you're wearing all the hats and doing all the things. And then, you know, Joe or Benji or someone else is like, hey, you got to be doing this marketing thing. You're like, well, I'm already working 12 hours a day. I'm wearing 15 hats. Like, I don't want to do marketing. I just want to, you know, pay this other guy, this agency or this Facebook ads guy or this Google guy or girl to, you know, make my phone ring and generate those leads. Right. Um, And so what happens is, you know, as a contracting company, you accumulate, you know, a website, then you get a Facebook ads guy, then you get maybe a video person, then a Google person, then like you're doing direct mail. You have all these, what I call marketing subcontractors out there trying to generate business for you. And they're running around like a bunch of subcontractors without a GC and um, they are not communicating, right? There's no cohesive plan. There's no blueprint. There's no regular meetings and things like that. So that's like if you had a big you know, remodel project starting next Wednesday and you just told a bunch of subs to show up at this address on Wednesday and do the remodel. Well, you know, they're gonna build something, but it's likely not gonna be what you want is uh or the customer wants. It's not gonna be very efficient, it's gonna be a mess, it's gonna be expensive, you're gonna waste a lot of money, waste a lot of time. And that's exactly what happens with contractors and their marketing. So you've got to, you've got to take ownership. Like you've got to GC your own marketing, which means that you should you should be doing some of it in-house, maybe not all of it, but certainly your content in-house, these video testimonials for sure. And you should have a base level of understanding of marketing so that you can collaborate with these subcontractors. You can get them on the same page. You can have a plan. You can have a budget. You can have regular you know, meetings, reports, tracking, measuring, analyzing, improving. Um,
0: and it, without that, it's just going to be a mess. Uh, so <laughs> does that make sense it makes, it makes so much sense I've had this I feel like I've had this conversation so many times where you'll be talking to someone and um, and this isn't a knock on them it's just like marketing is not their power zone but you'll hear commentary where like yeah I Hired this marketing guy and like, it's not working and he's an idiot. And then I hired another one and they're, they're an idiot and it's not working. And there's like so much like pain and suffering and mistrust. And you know, I mean, you work in marketing, I work in marketing. We know that this is a bit of a wild West is totally unregulated. And there are so many jokers around. So I do get why people have a bad taste in their mouth. Um, part of that is the quality of the contractor that you're working with or the service provider you're working with. But a, a really big part of this that I think needs to be said, like, let's just be honest. Like, I think a lot of the time people are scared to take hold and be the GC of their marketing because there's such a knowledge gap that they kind of just want to clean their hands from it. He's doing it. They're doing it. She's doing it. I'm not. In, I'm going to go build stuff. And you just make the phone ring. And it, it just doesn't work like that, does it?
1: No, and and let me use an analogy that maybe some people can relate to. Like, if you as a business owner do not understand the basic financials of your business, and you go out and hire a bookkeeper, an accountant, you know, outsourced or in house. And you're like, you know, I don't, don't I'm not a numbers guy. I don't want to deal with that. I just want to freaking swing a hammer. Like you deal with the numbers. Like, okay, you're, you're not going to get the best, uh, results that you want. In worst case, you might get taken advantage of. So it's a very similar thing. Like you don't have to be a certified public accountant to understand your numbers, but you do need to understand the basics so that you can work with someone and collaborate and get, you know, get the best results. Right. So very similar to that.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it's part of it is just like, is like accepting your role as an entrepreneur now. Hey, you said you wanted to do this. You said you wanted to be a business owner. This is now... Fucking on your job description. Financial management is on your job description. Brand building and outbound marketing is on your job description. This is something that you need to be good at if you are uninterested and just want to do the clean your hands of it thing. Just, just go work for another company because this is literally your role. And I think the other analogy with I like about like being the GC of your marketing, like building a home, let's use a simple example. Marketing is so entered it's so multidisciplinary like there is the and it's highly highly specialized like a um a plumber is wildly different the skills they have the tools they use the output they create is wildly different than a drywaller. any builder's gonna know that with marketing it's the exact same thing like your seo person is completely different than um your Facebook ads guy or the branding agency you work with. These are completely different skill sets. And so it's your job a little bit to be sort of like the, what are those people at the front of an orchestra just directing it all? Like You're kind conductor. of like a conductor. You're making there sure you that it all is, there's, a, there's an overarching strategy that governs what each of these specialized people are doing. There's deadlines, there's a critical path, there's certain results and ROI you expect to get out of it. There's checks and balances along the way. And that is with the, with the entrepreneurs that we've seen be super successful with this, that is how they do it. They're not doing it all themselves. That's definitely true, it's too much, but they are heavily involved from a leadership standpoint on what goes out the door for public consumption, why it goes out the door and what it's meant to do for the company.
1: Absolutely. It's so true. It is your responsibility as a business owner. I, and I, I heard Igor say it on a previous episode uh, with you guys that, you know, he's involved. He knows the marketing, he knows the finances, like what goes in and what comes out. And that's something that uh, as a business owner, like, yes, it's your, it's your responsibility. That's what we signed up for. It's it's irresponsible to your team members, to your employees, to your family, to your customers, for you to, to, to turn a blind eye to that stuff. You know, <laughs> maybe it's not what you want to hear, but like. There's things in my like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks from like, you know, a place of like, I've never done anything wrong. Like there, there are things that I don't like in my business that I've turned a blind eye to or ignored and you know, they come back and bite you. Uh, mm-hmm. So we need to learn these things.
0: Mm-hmm. A- any other thoughts on this sort of conversation of like doing your marketing in house versus contracting it out? It's sort of a bit, it's sort of a, it's a debate to some degree. What are your, what are your thoughts on the pros and cons of each? I think uh, I think
1: a healthy company does a little bit of both, and and we do, uh, and we're a marketing training company, and, and we ran a ran an agency for seven years where we did you know the done for you marketing services, and now we're a training company, so we train contractors on how to do it. Um, I'm not saying that in a salesy way, just to like give you some context there, and the reason that we we morphed into a training company is because we see that it is imperative these days for any company, whether you're a contractor or a chiropractor or you know whatever it is to to have some marketing done in-house. And that's going to be your content. That's going to be video content. Like you can't hire uh you know a Facebook ads guy and two time zones away. Yeah. And you know, h- expect them to generate amazing leads for you. Like they'll generate a quantity of leads, right? But they're not gonna they're not gonna be people that know, like, and trust you, right? That's gotta come from in-house. So mm-hmm. uh I'd recommend what I say to every contractor is, you know, it doesn't have to be you as the owner but someone in your company should be working on marketing 10 hours a week at a minimum consistently, right? So if that's a, you know, it could be a full-time marketing manager. It could be a spouse. It could be an admin person. It could be, you know, one of your sons or daughters. It could be, you know, one of our clients hired his mom to do his marketing, right? So someone other than the owner, ideally, because as an owner, you're pulled in all different directions, working on marketing 10 hours a week, consistently doing some of it in-house and then you know, liaising with those different mm-hmm. subcontractors for the more technical aspects, right? Like you're not going to run your own Google ads in-house. I don't recommend that. It's very complex. Like, but at least you should know enough to to talk with that Google ads company or agency or guy to have a productive conversation and, you know, continually improve. So uh, that's my answer, kind of a hybrid approach. And, um, you know, there's, there's always this sliding scale of time and money, right? Like I think too many contractors are, are quick to like throw money at it. Mm. Whereas what they need to do is they need to invest some time and and a little Mm. bit of money. Like, uh, you you can't, you can't get away from, you're not going to spend, it doesn't matter how much money you spend. If you're not spending any time on it, then it's, you're, you're, you're selling yourself short.
0: It's so well said. Um, that on that note, like, do, do tell us a little bit about Contractor Dynamics, what you guys are up to, and uh, where where people can connect if they want to.
1: Yeah, sure. So we are a marketing training company for contractors, and we work with client, uh, companies that are startups uh, and up to $50 million a year companies and everywhere in between. And uh, we train them on, on how to create their own content, run their own marketing, re- really build out a marketing machine inside their company so they have more control over their growth, so they can grow with more consistency and predictability, right? We try to get rid of that that revenue roller coaster that all of us have experienced. And uh, yeah, that's what we do. We work with companies all throughout North America. And uh, you can learn more at ContractorDynamics.com. We've got Uh, a lot of content on there, links to all of our content, uh, some training videos and things like that. So we're all about education first. And, uh, so I encourage you to check out some of our content and then, uh, yeah, of course, get in touch with it if you want to learn more.
0: We'll link the website in the description as well. And just another reminder that download that one pager specifically on testimonials. It's just a very nice, clean overview of how to start doing these well. Uh, if you are nowhere on this and, you, and you'd and you like to get started, that would be my advice on, on, a, on a great place to begin. Joe, thank you so much for your time today. This was awesome. We'll have you back again soon. And uh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, Benji. Thanks so much. It's been fun. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, If you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.